Hello, everyone. It's Monday, November 2nd, time for episode 40 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. Good evening, everyone. It's a late Monday night. It's uh, 11 or 3 p.m. Monday Night Football is winding down. It's your man, Uncle Dub. Hit me up on Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I T S U N C L E underscore D U B. So, brief episode here today. Going to kind of uh, go through the weekend in review. So, a lot of action football. Um, talk a little bit about college basketball and start looking at. Um, Week 10 in college football. So to review the weekend, first with college football, number one, Clemson escapes, escapes. There's two words that you never think you'd hear in a sentence. Uh, without starter Trevor Lawrence, who is out with COVID, they escape Boston College at home 34 to 28. So their freshman DJ, and I hope I pronounce this right, you Galeji. Uh, goes 30 for 41, throws for 342 yards and two touchdowns. Boston College led by 15 points at the half, 28 to 13. Um, but then, as you see uh, uh, with with the score, uh, Clemson scores uh, was at 21 unanswered to win the game. Um, immediately after the game, um, head coach Davos Sweeney announces that Trevor Lawrence will not be available for the Notre Dame game. Um, it appear, appears that the COVID protocols that are necessary for him to be declared uh, cleared for the game will not be able to occur in time for him to make the trip to South Bend. So DJ Ugaleji uh, will uh, start his second game against Notre Dame. And that's going to be one of the big games of the weekend as Notre Dame will host Clemson. Um, so a couple things that come out of this. Um, first of all, there's a report that an NFL executive has said that Trevor Lawrence is going to go pro. Now, again, you know, you can kind of talk about, you know, whether he is or whether he isn't. Now, to be honest with you, with everything that has happened, you know, um, with, even with all the safety protocols in place, with all the, you know, staying as safe as possible, doing the right things. And again, this is unfortunate for anyone who does this. I mean, if you're if you're moving about in today's society with all the things that are you know being put out there as misinformation, um, you know, people are still getting COVID. Um, so this young man doing all the right things, he um, gets COVID. Um, if it's not COVID this year, it could be uh, a messed up knee next season. So there's probably a good chance he's going to go pro. But again, this NFL executive is saying that there's a good chance he's going to go pro. Um, now, as we know, um, right now, it looks like the New York jets would be the team that would be, that would be picking first. And that would be an obvious first pick. Now, um, <laughs> then there has been talk recently of, you know, do you think that Trevor Lawrence would pull an Eli Manning and ask to be traded to another team? Um, <laughs> who knows? Anything could happen in this scenario. Um, you know, everyone says that Trevor Lawrence is very, you know, in the moment, you know, he's just going to go with the flow. He wants to play football. Maybe he goes with it. Maybe he goes to the jets. If he goes pro and just goes with it, that's fine. But here's my thought. If the New York jets were smart about this, they would do a couple things. I think the big thing they should do is clean house, get rid of everybody, get rid of everybody in the front office, definitely get rid of the coach, Adam Gase. I don't understand how Adam Gase gets two jobs, does terribly at both of them, 
And Eric Bieniemy, who's one of the top assistants in pro football, can't get one job. He can't even get a he can't even get one job. He gets interviews, can't even get a job. But Adam Gase gets two jobs and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So my whole thing is the Jets should just clean house, start fresh and bring in a staff, a coaching staff that can get him to the point where he can play for this team and he can get them to the next level. I think that's the only way this works because, you know, I think I asked in a, uh, a poll question on Twitter recently, I said, you know, who, who's the more dis- dysfunctional organization, um, you know, the New York Jets or the Washington football team? Um, I would argue that overall the more dysfunctional team would be the Washington football team because they're dysfunctional on and off the field. The Jets, okay, they're pretty terrible on the field. Off the field, you, I mean, at least nationally. Again, I don't live in the New, in the New York area, but – it appears that for the most part off the field, they're doing what they're needing to do. They're not getting in too much trouble. They're just, you know, they're just trying to play football. Trying is the optimal word, optimal word here. So with that, I think if they want to bring in Trevor Lawrence, I think that they need to really just clean house. They just need to get rid of everybody so they can just start fresh with him and build this team around him. Now, with the with the news that he is out for the Notre Dame game, he is no longer the Heisman favorite per Caesars Palace. So the Caesars book has now got Justin Fields, who has only played two games to point to this point as the Heisman favorite. So, again, there's still a lot of time um, until the until the Heisman trophy is awarded. Um, As of right now, I don't believe a date has been um, given for when the Heisman will be awarded. So I think that's good because it gives the voters more time to, um, to, to to vote to kind of decide who they feel is the best player. Because when you don't have these teams playing interconference games where, you know, SEC is playing ACC or Big 12 is playing Pac-12 or what have you, when you don't have these matchups, you don't see how good these players are outside of their own conferences. So I think – and the first time we'll see that is will be with the college football playoff because we really aren't going to see, you know, since all these conferences have decided to just hold on to playing in their own conferences, you're not going to see how good these teams are until they have to face uh, teams in bowl games and also teams in the college football playoffs. So again, we'll see um, how that's going to go um, as far as, you know, you know uh, the, the the Heisman race here. It's still a long race, but again, Trevor Lawrence missing two games is really not going to uh, benefit him in the Heisman race. Now, unless he comes back for whoever they play after Notre Dame and he just rips it for the rest of the season. So they're, they're trying to, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how he responds to this when he comes back and does he just have a better season as far you know, if he has a better performance in the second half of the season when he comes back, as opposed to, you know, what happens to the rest of the field, because, you know, you know, uh, Justin Fields, um, of course, uh, his teammate Travis Etienne is in the mix, but I think he's a 100 to one shot. Um, and they've got uh, Mac Jones is also in the mix from Alabama and uh, a couple other guys who their names will come up as possible. Um Heisman uh, candidates. 
Um, the other game of note, Texas, and this is one of the games I picked. And again, Texas does it to me again. Texas wins in overtime by seven, 41 to 34. Sam Ellinger goes 18 for 34, 169 and three touchdowns. Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State goes 27 for 39. He goes for 400 yards, a touchdown, four touchdowns and one interception. Um, just remind me the next time I pick a Texas game, tell me not to do it. Because it seems as if every time I pick a Texas game and I say, okay, in this case, I picked against Texas and they won. Whenever I pick them, they lose. So you know what? I'm done. Not picking another Texas game ever again. Don't know what's happening. But somehow the whole juju is not in my favor right now. Um, some breaking news from the SEC. Um, Old Miss freshman tight end Demarcus Thomas uh, sustained a serious injury during practice. He was airlifted to the hospital. Um, Coach Lane Kiffin um, gave an update. He gave two updates on uh, this young man um, as he was given the initial update. Um, you could tell that he was, you know, very um, distraught by what he saw. Um, initially um, in the news conference, he said that he was, quote, potentially severely injured. Uh, later, uh, Coach Kiffin came back and updated to say, that, to say that he started moving when he was being loaded onto the helicopter. Um, later, the school released a statement saying he was doing well and was being discharged from the hospital. That is extremely good news. Um, you know, we, we know that football is a very, uh, you know, it's a contact sport. It's very, you know, physical and these sorts of things happen, but you don't want to see, you know, these young men get injured uh, in this way. So I'm, I'm, you know, it sounds like uh, this young man uh, as a freshman, he's going say he's going to be okay. Uh, we wish him the best and we keep him in our, our thoughts and prayers. Um, last week, week nine in college football, seven games I picked, I went four and three. So Indiana, Auburn, Northwestern, and Ohio State all won. Um, the games I missed. Now, the UNC-UVA game, I told you how I felt about that. My, my, my Cavaliers weren't playing very well. Havoc defense is back. They gave Sam Howell a run for his money. Now, I will say this. Sam Howell is a fantastic quarterback. He's got some really good wide receivers. These guys are going to be playing on Sunday. Uh, Diami Brown. Man, that guy could run through the rain and got not get wet. He is he's got some speed on him, and he had some really good catches on Saturday night. But um, Virginia uh, managed to get the best of North Carolina. Uh, I think the final score was 44-41. Uh, Michigan State got Michigan. I don't know. Michigan is is really starting to um, scare me a little bit. I mean, not to say that Michigan State is not a good team. Michigan State, I think, is better than I uh, anticipated them to be. But Michigan is kind of in that zone to where they, you know, things could start to go south for this team uh, fairly quickly. They got to turn around next week. They're in the nine games I'm going to pick for this week. Um, and then, of course, the Texas over Tex uh, Oklahoma State. So, again, as I said, remind me if I pick another Texas game again, tell me not to do it. Um, week 10. So I gave you a little preview of week 10 uh, in the last show. So now in looking at the whole schedule, we've got nine great games here. 
We'll start off in the ACC. Miami are 10-point favorites as they go to Raleigh to take on NC State. Uh, number nine, BYU, goes to play on the blue carpet in Boise, Idaho against Boise State. Number 21 ranked uh, uh, Broncos of Boise State. BYU are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, number 23, the aforementioned Michigan Wolverines are three-and-a-half-point favorites as they go to Bloomington to play number 13, Indiana. Um, in the Pac-12, the fighting Herman Edwardses of Arizona State will head to the Coliseum to play USC. USC ranked 20th, are 10 and a half point favorites. Uh, Liberty, the Liberty Flames under head coach Hugh Freeze. Freeze has really turned his coaching career around after having the controversy of Ole Miss, was fired, came to uh, Liberty. He has really put together a good program. He has had some guys come out of the program. Some of these guys are playing on Sunday, some phenomenal talent. He's a great offensive mind. Uh, he takes the Liberty Flames to Blacksburg, to uh, Worsham Field and Lane Stadium to play Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech are 14 half point favorites in this matchup. Um, next, we go to the SEC in Jacksonville, uh, Florida, number eight ranked in the country, takes on number five, Georgia. Georgia are three and a half point favorites. They go to Jacksonville for the neutral site game, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Um, then. Clemson at Notre Dame. So we mentioned uh, Trevor Lawrence will be out for that game. Uh, Clemson are five and a half point favorites as they visit South Bend. So that's a 7:30 game on NBC. Um, in the Pac-12, Stanford goes to Oregon. Oregon are 11 point favorites and 12th ranked in the country. And they will have a 7:30 game on ABC. So it'll be a 4:30 kickoff uh, from Eugene. Uh, so as we mentioned, the Pac-12 starts this week with um, you know some good matchups, but I think of all the games, the Stanford-Oregon game is going to be the one that's going to have the most uh, fanfare. Lastly, in the ACC, the annual matchup between UNC, 10.5-point favorites in this one. They head 30 minutes down Durham, Chapel Hill Road to Durham to play Duke at Wallace Wade Outdoor Stadium, and they will compete for the victory bell. So that is the bevy of games in college football. Uh, when I come back, I'll kind of go briefly through some of the some of the action from the NFL over the weekend and then wrap up and kind of look forward to uh, the next few days in the world of sports. All right, welcome back. So a few news and notes from the world of college basketball. So first of all, Oklahoma Sooners basketball legend Billy Tubbs dies at 85. Um, Coach Tubbs uh, was 64, 641-340 um, in 31 years as a head coach at four schools. He was 85. He battled a form of leukemia for the last five years, and he died in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, surrounded by his family. So I remember uh, watching uh, Coach Tubbs coach at Oklahoma and they were just a, a fantastic team. They had some very good players, guys like Stacey King and Harvey Grant and Mookie Blaylock. Very fast team. Um, and, and, and they went to the national championship game uh, in 87-88. They went 35-4 and four and lost to Kansas by uh, four, uh, four points. Um, so, again, you know, uh, he is a legendary coach at Oklahoma. And uh, I'm sure that they will be honoring him. Um, this season uh, as the basketball season begins uh, in earnest in the next few days. 
Um, next, uh, staying in the Big 12, Texas Tech guard Mac McClung. He's received a waiver from the NCAA, and he is eligible, eligible to play immediately this season for the Red Raiders. If you remember, McClung transferred from Georgetown uh, back in May, and he committed to Texas Tech. Um, he had a number of schools that he was interested in, but um, he was really um, pushed to um, commit to the school by starting guard David Moretti. Um, um, uh, well, I'm sorry, he was pushed to that decision after David Moretti uh, decided to leave and go play professional. Um, so McClung uh, averaged 15.7 points, 2.4 assists in 21 games and shot 32.3% from uh, from uh, three-point range. So uh, Texas Tech was in the national championship game a couple seasons ago. Uh, they're currently ranked 14th in ESPN's way too early preseason rankings. Um, again, um, McClung, I think, will bring some uh, – I, I think he'll definitely bring something to this team. Um, he actually – you know, watching him at Georgetown, I really liked his game. Uh, you know, good ball handler – uh, pretty decent, pretty decent shooter. Um, again, the thing that he really has to work on, as it you know, talks about here in this article, uh, Chris Beer's defensive system. So if he can really get that down, um, he's definitely going to be a big boost to their offense. So again, he's got the offensive skills. It's just buying in and playing good defense for Chris Beard at the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So again, that should help them. Uh, after that national championship run, they, you know, definitely were not um, in the mix uh, last season that ended um, uh, early due to COVID. Um, the ACC Big Ten Challenge uh, matchups have been announced. So the highlight game will be a top 10 showdown between Duke and Illinois. Now, again, I said Illinois is back and I'm excited because it's been a long time since I've seen Illinois basketball back this good. So they've got some players. And of course, you know, Duke, they don't recruit, they reload. Um, another good game here, Iowa and a wooden award uh, favorite Luca Garza will host North Carolina on December 8th. Um, some other games of note, uh, Michigan State will play Virginia. Uh, you know, I was kind of hoping we'd get Maryland again, but um, there, there are a few years that we were playing Michigan State, and those were years after we had lost to them in the NCAA tournament. Now that we kind of got over the hump, we won a title, we get Michigan State again. Okay, sure, I'll take it. Um, but nevertheless, that's going to be a marquee matchup between Tom Izzo and, of course, uh, head coach Tony Bennett of the Virginia Cavaliers. So, both of these teams are potentially going to be top five teams when the first AP poll comes out. And I'm still looking for this damn poll and I'm hoping it'll be out very soon. Um, I'm trying to think any other games of note here. Um, Louisville, Wisconsin should be a pretty good game. Uh, Indiana, Florida state should be a, a, a very good, a very good game as well. So again, all the teams in the ACC, except for wake forest, will take part in the challenge. So last year, the Big Ten won the challenge eight to six. The ACC has the overall series lead at 12, six and three. Uh, and this will be the, I'm not gonna do the math. The challenge has been around since 1999. <laughs> I'm tired, it's late, but anyway. Um, 
NFL. So Monday Night Football is just completed. The Buccaneers beat the New York Giants 25 to 23. Tom Brady, 28 of 40, 279, and two touchdowns. Daniel Jones goes 25 for 41, 256, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, I mean, we see the effect that Brady is having on the on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we kind of flip that over to the NFL, the quick NFL roundup, because New England loses to the Bills yesterday, and the, Bill, and the Bills are just rolling. Uh, the Bills win 24-21. But we can see the effect that Brady has. That Brady effect is very, very noticeable because, you know, with no Tom Brady, this New England team just does not look the same. I mean, Cam Newton, he's, you know, Cam Newton's good, but Cam Newton is no Tom Brady by any way, shape, or form. Um, so real quick rundown the NFL Steelers remain undefeated at 7-0. They were down 17-7 at the half. They beat Baltimore 28-24. Ben Roethlisberger 21-32, 182-2 touchdowns. Lamar Jackson 13-28, 208, two touchdowns, two INTs. Um, Cincinnati. So some of these games are of interest because we had two and five teams beating five and two teams, or two and four teams beating four and two teams. So for example, Cincinnati. Two and four entering the game wins. Um, uh, one and four, rather. <laughs> wow, I'm, it is very late. Um, beats Tennessee, so they win thirty-one to twenty. Joe Burrow goes twenty-six for thirty-seven, two forty-nine and two touchdowns. Um, the Raiders, uh, four and three. They are. Um, what is that? The Rams. Ha ha ha! Can't read my own notes here. That would be the Las Vegas Raiders. Why did I write LAR? I'm still thinking they're in Los Angeles. The Las Vegas Raiders, which still sounds weird to say, uh, they beat Cleveland 16-6. Uh, Derek Carr goes 15 for 24, 112 yards and a touchdown. Um, Cleveland at 5-3 and three is kind of a shocker. Um, maybe um, the uh, uh, maybe the quarterback situation in Cleveland may have started to settle out. Don't know, um, you know, is Baker going to not be Baker and be someone else? We'll see uh, as we're hitting the halfway point they're five and three. Uh, Indianapolis beat Detroit 41 to 21. Matthew Stafford goes 24 for 42, 336, three touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Indian, uh, Indianapolis had 119 yards of rushing and two touchdowns. Phillip Rivers goes 22 for 33, so he's a 66%. That's easy math. 262 and three touchdowns. Detroit fans were on social media yesterday, and they were not happy. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Matthew Stafford needs some help. <laughs> um, um, another team, uh, Minnesota, now at 2-5. and five. Beats Green Bay 28 to 22. Minnesota had three rushing touchdowns. Kirk Cousins had a meh day, but uh, Aaron Rodgers on the other side, he goes 27 41, 291 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa uh, gets his first start in Miami and win. He goes 12 for 22, 93 yards and a touchdown. Miami got a punt return for a touchdown. They beat the oh they beat the they beat the Los Angeles Rams. These there's too many teams in one place. Damn it! Um, they beat the Rams 28 to uh, 17. Now the weirdest game of the night, <laughs> the New Orleans and Chicago game. So New Orleans wins twenty six to twenty three. 
but Javon Wims was suspended two games for punching CJ Gardner Johnson. Um, Javon Wims claims that CJ that Gardner Johnson spit on him. He denies it. Uh, Wims has appealed the decision. Um, Bears coach Matt Nagy was not pleased with his lack of discipline in that situation. And we all know that CJ Gardner Johnson is, he's one of those guys, he's in your face. He taunts opponents. He's, he is who he is. So um, that's that. So um, he, more than likely, he probably will not, um, he'll, he'll probably won't win that appeal. That was pretty obvious, but, uh, the, but a lot of the talking continued on on uh, on social media and uh you know this is not going to be the last we hear about this um so to kind of briefly uh uh finish up here so again i apologize i'm tired i recorded another podcast before i recorded this tonight but um there's news about um there's talk about um the nba and starting prior to christmas uh, the NBA has lost a lot of money, so they're trying to really make sure that they try to start pre-Christmas. But um, I'll kind of talk more about that uh, in my next episode to kind of give you more information on that. Um, another headline that we'll look at throughout the week, the NFL is mulling a 16-team playoff scenario. That's kind of talk. But again, as the week and season goes on, we'll see how how that goes on. And of course, baseball, baseball is over. It's award season. So as we move towards award season, I think MLB is going to be the next league that's going to have to start making some decisions in addition to the NHL about when they're going to start their season. Because as we know, you know, in about four months from now, it's going to be time for spring training. So I think probably Thinking about it that way, more likely baseball might start on time. Again, um, we'll see, but um, there's been no word to say otherwise. So, again, um, some things that we'll be kind of checking out as the week goes along. Of course, we'll talk more about college football as we get close to the start of week 10, which starts Thursday night. Oh, actually, this is the week that you get Wednesday night football. So you'll get several games on Wednesday night from the Middle America Conference. And, of course, uh, we'll keep up on college basketball, any other moves that happen, and, of course, conference preview. So I'm going to see if there are going to be any um, uh, media days. So I'd like to see some of the activities, some of the coaches talk and some of the, um, you know, what the media thinks is going to happen with a lot of these teams. So a lot of things are happening this week. Um, I thought I was going to talk about golf this week. The Masters is next week, which is even more bizarre that we're having the typically the first major of the golf season happening last and in November after the end of daylight savings time. This has definitely been a very strange year without question. So thank you for listening. If you're new, please go back and listen to old archive, old episodes in the archives. Um, I have a few uh, short episodes I call Sport Rack and Sprints. Um, send me a voicemail, hit me up on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, subscribe, rate the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you did that, hit me up on Twitter. It's uncle dub I T S U N C L E underscore D U B until episode 41, which I hope will be coming to you in a few days. Thank you for listening. Have a good evening. I'm going to go fall in the bed now. (laughs)